Um, so what I'm going to talk about tonight is going to be a little bit different. It was really fun listening to uh, Rob talk because years and years and years and years ago, I was in college studying this stuff, and Rob was my favorite professor, so much so that I followed him around campus and met in his office, and he probably got really sick of me. But I just had this overwhelming desire to take notes that whole time. It really exciting. Great to hear Rob again. And Amanda, awesome job as always. Amanda's sense of humor is right up... Uh, my alley as far as sense of humor, so I'm not sure if everything she said was supposed to be funny, but I was laughing most of the time. So um, so something I'm dealing with as a parent right now, and I'm, I'm going to see if you guys can relate. I've got four kids of my own. Three of them are teenagers now, and one of them's right here. Uh, that's my almost nine-year-old. Her birthday's in six days, right? Okay. Um, so an issue that I'm dealing with as a parent is, is me. So I don't know if any of you have any problems with yourselves, um, but I have found that sometimes the common denominator uh, when I'm having issues with my kids is that I'm always there. Have you noticed that? And so how often am I the problem is something I've been thinking about. So let me give you an example. Something I've been dealing with, and I didn't know Eden was going to be in the room, so it's the life of being a pastor's kid. Um, you get stories told about you all the time. But I, I, um, I find myself at times getting easily annoyed with Eden, and easily impatient. And you know when it is? It's when I'm not focused on Eden. It's when I am looking at my phone, or when I'm stressed out about something at work, thinking about it, or when I'm, I'm feeling like I need to check an email, and I get on my computer, and I'm checking this email, and she's got a reasonable request or a reasonable idea, but I can't do more than one thing at a time. And so I'm focused on my task and I tend to lean towards tasks because you can accomplish them. And so I, I'm focused on the task, and there's a relationship that's tugging on me. And I tend to, then what I feel inside is annoyance. Has that ever happened to you as a parent? Do you, do you ever, like, even, you don't really hear them, but you feel them? Daddy, 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 daddy. But you don't hear it. You're just like, like, on the inside, right? You're just like, something's wrong, right? And it's, like, coming out of you. And then finally, you're like, what? That's not nice. That is not good. But that's what I give to Eden. And I think what I make her feel is that she's not as important as what I'm doing, that I don't have time for her, and that I'm easily upset. And what drives me to that is not her. It's how well I'm taking care of myself. So me as a parent, I need to think about how I am doing. And I did a little bit of research because I felt like I had to at least try to stay in the same boat, Rob and Amanda. So um, most of mine's online research that's probably false anyway, but I'm going to throw it out there for you, okay? Um, pastors are, are kind of notorious, right, for making things up. So um, I found one study of 700 parents. Is that a, is that a good sample size, Rob? This is like medium, right? Okay. Uh, the, they, they asked, what are your, what are your number one issues uh, with parenting? And so number one of the 10 was that they didn't have enough time. They just always felt like there wasn't enough time. Can anybody relate with not having enough time in life? A couple people, everybody, yeah. Um, according to the American Psychological Association, is that right? Yeah? All right, good. Uh, 36% of adults say stress affects their overall happiness. 36% of adults. So I guess I have slides, yeah. Um, and it's worse with parents. It goes up to like 45 50%. 
and it, you know, they, they talk about things like overeating or undereating or undersleeping. It just starts to affect your everyday life. This stress, this thing to thing to thing, pressure, job expectations, um, and, and this stress doesn't just affect you. And this is the connection I want to make for you tonight. It affects your parenting. It affects my parenting. And, uh, I'm going to give you a couple, a couple ways that stress affects your parenting, okay? So that's according to that article there. The first one is that we don't end up spending time with our kids. And I think what that means is that you're there, but you're not there. Because you're stressed, stress makes you less present. Stress makes you snap at your kids. We won't do a show of hands, but everyone's experienced that. When you're feeling at peace, and you're feeling calm, and you're feeling happy, you aren't usually like, shut up to your kids, right? But when you're late, and you come out, and you're like, this is the fifth time I've asked you to put your shoes on, and still in the closet, Right? And then another kid is yelling at your other kid because they're chewing too loud. And then your other kid's yelling at your other kid because they put on too much deodorant. And you're like, none of this matters! Right? All I want to do is leave! I hate getting my family out the door. Side note, it's why I come to church alone. All right? In the morning. Actually, no, it's not true. I come with my oldest son who's on the Asperger spectrum. So that kid is always ready on time. He's always, in fact, he's usually ready 10 minutes early. So he and I are like, boom, we're out the door. See you guys when you get there later. Um, okay, engaged or unsupportive. And I, you know, I found this in my life that there are seasons in my life where I've been more stressed and I can feel it like, man, I just don't want to sit down and be with my kids. Like, there's joy for me going on hikes with my kids, cuddling on the couch, watching TV, and playing games. I love those three things. And I can feel when I'm just so stressed that I don't want to do those things, I'm not in a good place anymore. I think you can make your, your kids feel guilty. You know, you can, talk, you can talk about your stress in a way that makes them feel like it's theirs. I don't feel that way. I don't, I'm not saying I made these up. Them. Very specific article. Um, you can also stress your kids out. And this is another interesting thing that I read about is that you transfer stress. So your stress becomes your kid's stress. All right. So in fact, another article, and this is the last one I read, um, said that the second leading skill, so if skills you need to parent, the second one is how to manage your own stress because you are the greatest asset. You're your greatest tool when it comes to parenting. And what's great about that is you actually have control over that. That's something you can do. There's something you can do about that. You can take care of yourself. So what I'm going to talk to you about is something that in the church world we would call soul care. Now, what's awesome about this meeting is, you know, I'm hoping not all of you are churchgoers because we as a church want to be in our community and be a positive influence and um, not always be, you know, hitting people with Bibles all the time, right? So um, I'm hoping that you're here, and maybe you don't believe in Jesus. That's fine. Um, some of the language I'm going to use, though, is, is soul care. There, and what that just means is your interior life. What are you doing to take care of your interior life? And so um, it, you want to think about it like building the roof, okay, before the storm comes. So what that means is you're taking care of your interior life so that when comes, when you're late, when your kids are cranky, when they won't sleep through the night, you have some protection instead of the storm just wiping you out. Um, there's a, an author that I really like. <laughs> oh, yeah. I forgot to put that in there. So this is, we know this from flying airplanes, right? You got to take care of yourself first, right? 
Okay. You can't help anyone if you're dead. It's good life advice. Um, it's this quote from this author. Um, he's a famous Christian author. He said, the main thing that you can give others, just like the main thing that you can give God, is the person that you become. If your soul is unhealthy, you can't help anybody. You don't doctor with pneumonia to care for patients with immune disorders. You and nobody else are responsible for the well-being of your soul. And uh, I don't mean that to be heavy, but I, I want it to be eye-opening. I want you to, to think about, you know, you come to parenting, and hopefully we've given you some, a lot of practical things to do, but you could take all those tools, and if you aren't a good operator of those tools, they're not going to work, and you're going to find yourself more frustrated. So I'm going to give you three things that I, I work on in my life and, and I'm not great at. So, you know, we're busy. Um, this is my full-time job. I have a part-time job. My wife has three part-time jobs. We have four kids. They play sports. We're busy. You guys get it, right? <laughs> Raise your hand if you're not busy. I mean, come on. Everybody in here is busy. Everybody in here is like, you know, behind on one or two things in life. You know, I just got my mail out of my closet. That's one of my weaknesses is I don't go through mail because it just, it's either junk or it's a bill and they're both annoying. So, um, you know, you're behind in some areas. So here's, here, I want to give you three things that we can all do, okay? So the first one is rhythm. What kind of rhythm do you have in your life? About rhythm, I'm talking about Healthy rhythms that keep you centered or keep you grounded or keep you healthy, whatever word you want to throw at that. And the reason that we need rhythms is because we don't do the things that are important naturally. We do the things that are urgent naturally. Everybody understand what I'm saying, right? So if it feels pressing, we do it. We just do this and we do this and we do that. And you end up living your life putting out fires instead of kind of living your life on purpose. Like saying, here are things that are important to me as a parent. Here are things that are important to me as a spouse. And I'm going to do those things. And so the way that you can do the important instead is to build rhythms into your life. So for instance, one thing that's important is that I exercise on a regular basis. If I don't exercise on a regular basis, I don't like myself. I don't feel good about my body. I don't feel good about me as a person. I have less energy. So the, the results are I'm more upset, easily angered, and depressed. And that, does that make me a good parent? No. <laughs> I'm not going to do the ABCs. I'm going to be concerned about myself. I'm going to be kind of down. I'm going to be kind of a, you know, a downer. And so a rhythm of exercise. My, my wife and I, Mandy, this is my wife, we need a rhythm of date nights. We need time away from the kids. Can I, can I get an amen? Even if you're not a Christian, I know you can say amen to that one, right? We need time that's just me and her. And then sometimes we even try not to talk about the kids when we're together. It's hard. Have you ever done that? You're like on your date and for the first hour, all you've talked about is the kids. And you're like, wait a second. We have other things in our life. Okay. Um, I also think it's important to build rhythms of reflection into your life. So whether you believe in God, believe in Jesus or not, meditation, if you, I mean, just do a little bit of research on the power of prayer and meditation. Those two things bring centeredness and peace to your life. And so, you know, if you're off, like that's something you can do. What I have found for a rhythm for me is I need some time for personal reflection every morning. So every morning I do about 15 minutes of personal reflection. It's not very long. Does that sound, I mean, really, it, it makes me not sound like I'm very deep, right? I can only do 15 minutes, but I spend some time reading and praying and thinking and writing just for myself, just before I get into the day, okay? 
we need that time. And I'm telling you, if you spend a little time and start looking stuff up on this, across the board, across religions and secularists, having time to reflect is so important for your interior life. All right. Last thing, or second, is building margin into our life. I'm really bad at this. Okay, does everybody know what that means? It's not the sides of the paper, right? Building margin is building space, building extra time. Time when you don't have something slated to do. It sounds crazy. Like, that, that sounds like an insane person, right? When I take, I, my, I love having a calendar, and I love schedules. I like to be scheduled, and, and um, you know, so... Each day, it's like, I'm going to do this from here to here, and this from here to here, and this from here to here. You know, um, I, I started, uh, we, we planted this church about a little over a year ago, and I had that side job, which is mostly me on a computer, right? I'm, I'm like organizing, writing curriculum for teenagers and stuff like that. And so I found that I'm so excited about this church that I wasn't having time to do my side job, and because I, I used to do the side job in the afternoons. And so I realized that I had to build a schedule to get it done. So it's like very rigid. And some people don't like this kind of thing. I'm very, I, I wake up at 6.15. Uh, I get the kids ready until about 6.30. I have my 15 minutes of reflection until about 6.45. I work on my side job until 8.15. Then I hop in the shower and then I get over to working on what I really want to work on, which is this church, right? That sounds super structured, but I need, I need that uh, for me. There's not a lot of margin in there, is there? And the night meetings and then there's kids games. So there's not a lot of margin at night. So I've really wrestled with this one. But the thing is, you're going to burn out. You're going to burn out as a parent. You're going to burn out as a husband, a wife. You're going to burn out as a person if you don't find margin in your life. And so how do you build margin into your life? A couple suggestions. Um, A lot of religions encourage a day off. And and Christianity teaches that you should have a day off, right? Work for six, rest for one. Work for six, rest for one. That was kind of built, biblically built into the kind of the foundation of how the world is even supposed to work. So there's this sense of taking a rest, you know, and then you can secular research that shows that you are more productive if you work less better than more worse. Makes sense, doesn't it? You can work more hours, but your productivity is going to go down. There's something about rest. I, I read another strategy is the 15-minute rule. So you get everywhere 15 minutes early. Just do it. All of a sudden, you're not stressed out as much anymore. You get there 15 minutes early. Another guy that I read about, his, he applies the 15-minute rule to everything. So if he has a meeting at 1, he has a 15-minute buffer before and a 15-minute buffer after. So he can before do some prepping and think. After, he can take some notes and all those things. Do you ever go meeting to meeting to meeting, and then afterwards you're like, I'm never going to implement any of those things. I have lists of lists on my computer of things that I think I want to do, of books that I want to read, of things I want to implement in my life. Implementation is not a great strength of mine. So margin would help me. One thing I've done well for margin is from early time when our kids were really little, uh, pastors are expected to work a lot of nights. And Jonathan and I were in this together, so it was good to have a compatriot. But we, we kind of spoke to the staff of the church that we were on at that time, and we said, listen, nighttime is different than daytime. Because what they would do if we worked at night was comp that time during the day. But see, it's not the same when you have like um, a zero, two, and four-year-old. Your wife wants your help. It's really what I learned. And that nighttime is more valuable for our marriage and for our kids than like from two to four in the afternoon. And so we had to, we had to explain to the people we were working with, we can only work three nights a week. We need those four nights to be at home. And that's just got to be a, pretty much a rule. 
because we needed that margin in our life. So we had to fight for that margin. All right, the last one is rest. So how is rest different? Um, I would ask if you have anything in your life that for just you. Do you have a hobby? I have a confession to make. I realized I was in a talk about a month ago where a guy was talking about this, and he said, tell us what your hobbies were. And I realized, I said, uh, I really like listening to podcasts, you know, about church. He was like, eh, that's work. Oh, I really like playing with my kids. Eh, that's for your family. It's not about you. But I get, I feel good. Like, it makes me, what do you do? Do you have a hobby? I was like, mm. I thought of one today. Actually, yesterday. I don't know if you can call us a hobby. But I like to make fires. Not, I'm not like a pyromaniac <laughs> setting fires. That's not what I mean. <laughs> I like to set fires. No. But uh, to my knowledge, no one else in my family really appreciates how hard I work to build fires in our fireplace. It's, you understand. This is, these are okay. I'm not like, okay. So like, but I just love it. I love getting the wood. I love building the fire. I love watching the fire. I love the smell of the fire. I think it's my only hobby. It's pretty weird. So I need to get a better hobby. But that's right. I, I used to do woodworking, all right, back when we had little kids. But uh, I don't do that anymore. So I don't know. Do you guys have hobbies? Do you have anything fun that you do? I mean, I like to, I, play, I think sometimes, you know, one of the good things I do is I try to play sports with my friends occasionally. You know, that's something that I can do. Um, I try to take a day of rest. So I try to go 24 hours without doing anything that I get paid for every week. I can't pull it off every week, but it's usually Friday night till Saturday night. Thanks, guys. You ruined it. But um, uh, <laughs> usually, no, it's usually like Friday at 6 till Saturday at 6, although I'm not religious about it. I'm not like, you know, you know if, it, if there's a little bit of ebb and flow, that's fine. But I try to have a day off, like a real day off, like even like maybe my email, which is hard to do. Okay, so I need to end. I'm sure I've gone longer because I forgot to start my timer. But um, there's, a, there's this thing that people do in the, in the Midwest where they got lots of snow. I don't know if they still do this, but I read this in, in this book I was reading about soul care. And they used to tie a rope from the barn door to their front door because it would snow so much that people would die in their own yard. And here's the thing. Taking care of your interior life is tying a rope, right, that's going to keep you centered and keep you whole and keep you healthy because the blizzard of life is going to come. And if you're not connected to that interior life, you're out. You're going to get burned out. You're going to lose yourself. And all the tips on parenting are going to be lost. This is unseen work. It's hard to do. It's hard to think about. It goes against our culture of doing and our culture of more because it's more about being and it's more about less. But you can do it. I mean, you can be it. All right?